Well, good morning, wake up call, sower nation, and happy new year. I'm back, and you're back. Well, you never left, and I guess I didn't either. Nevertheless, it is Monday, January the 8th, in the year of our Lord, 2024. I'm John David Walt, and this is your wake-up call. Beginning today, well, today's entry is entitled, What is Prayer? We're going to begin a a series that will carry us through the end of the month where we're going to be exploring prayer and fasting, Jesus as our teacher. And let's begin today with our prayer of consecration. Wake up, sleeper. Rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Jesus, I belong to you. I lift up my heart to you. I set my mind on you. I fix my eyes on you. I offer my body to you as a living sacrifice. Jesus, we belong to you. And we're praying in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Today's entry, as I have said, I've got to get back in the groove here, is what is prayer? Our text today comes from James chapter 5, verses 16b to 18. Hear now the word of the Lord. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Elijah was a human being, even as we are. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. The Word of the Lord. Now consider this. What is prayer? Sometimes The more we think we know about something, the more difficult it is to grow in our understanding. I think this is how it is with prayer. There are so many ways to go about defining it and various angles of approach. How about we begin with a story? I grew up on a farm. Here I watched my father and his men tirelessly and endlessly labor to raise those crops, only to see them come to the brink of the disaster a drought can bring. If you know anything about farming or have ever been around it, you know the terrible feeling of that kind of injustice, putting everything on the line in faith and facing the real prospect of losing it all. One of my most treasured memories happened in the hottest and most drought-stricken summers on the farm. 
I remember in those days how my dad would load my two younger sisters, Missy and Erica, and me, into the truck on some of those hot afternoons and drive us around the farm, field to field. As we circled each field, he would lead us in prayer. It was a way of prayer characterized by loud singing in a faith-filled way of pleading for rain. Here was our song. We need a rain. We need a rain. We need a rain. Have faith it will. When it got really desperate, Dad would interject in the midst of our song something like this. We need a rain about an inch and a half. We need a rain about an inch and a half. We need a rain. Have faith it will. I think I learned more about prayer from the farm than I did the church. Maybe it's because the church taught prayer more from a place of religious duty and devotion. On the farm, we learned prayer from a place of dirt and desperation. Not of the anxiety-ridden variety, but a confident desperation. Yes, even a holy desperation. My dad was, and remains, a humble farmer and a holy man. So what is prayer? Over time, this way of holy desperation teaches us prayer is not so much a disciplined duty or fervent activity as it is a comprehensive way of walking and working with God. Prayer is neither preparation for the work nor something we tack on after the work is done for good measure. Prayer becomes the very character and nature of the work itself. Prayer was the arc of the song to the sound of the thunder. And my, when it rained, and sooner or later it always did, we elevated Dad to the rank of Elijah. Maybe that's what I'm reaching to say here, that prayer can't be reduced to a technique or a formula or getting of the words and practice right. Prayer is the lifelong process of becoming a peculiar kind of person who learns to exercise a particular kind of power for the good of the world and the glory of God. Prayer begins at the place of our personhood. Isn't that what James was getting at when he said this? The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Remember, though, this righteousness doesn't come from prayer as a form of religious behavior. 
This is the righteousness that comes first to last by faith. It is the righteousness of Jesus Messiah imputed to us as we believe him and imparted to us as we behold him, who alone can teach us to pray. And there is much to learn. But this learning does not come by information through the endless reading of endless books. It comes by revelation, through the very reality he teaches, which is prayer itself. This lengthy and challenging process, which is nothing more or less than the way of holiness, leads to a particular kind of power scarcely known in our age. It's why James called his star witness to make his case. Elijah was a human being, even as we are. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain. And it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again, he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. Summarizing now, prayer is the lifelong process of becoming a peculiar kind of person who learns to exercise a particular kind of power for the good of the world and the glory of God. Are you ready to sing? We need a rain. We need a rain. We need a rain. Have faith it will. And our prayer of transformation. Lord Jesus, teach us to pray. I receive your righteousness and release my sinfulness. I receive your wholeness and release my brokenness. I receive your fullness and release my emptiness. I receive your peace and release my anxiety. I receive your joy and release my despair. I receive your healing and release my sickness. I receive your love and release my selfishness. I receive your given life of prayer and release my striving after a better prayer life. Come, Holy Spirit, transform my heart, mind, soul, and strength, so that my consecration becomes your demonstration, that our lives become your sanctuary. For the glory of God our Father, amen. And the question, how does this definition resonate or not with you? Prayer is the lifelong process of becoming a peculiar kind of person who learns to exercise a particular kind of power for the good of the world 
in the glory of God. What confirmation does it bring to your spirit? What surprise might it bring to your prior understanding? And for our hymn today, we're going to sing one of the great anthems of prayer. I need thee every day. (laughs) Nope. I need thee every hour. It's hymn number 340. 340. I need thee every hour in our seedbed hymnal, our great Redeemer's praise. Let's sing it. Let's sing it with a little bit of a pace to it. I need thee every hour, most gracious Lord. No tender voice like thine can peace afford. I need thee, oh, I need thee. Every hour I need thee, oh, bless me now, my Savior, I come to thee. I need thee every hour, stay thou nearby. Temptations lose their power when thou art nigh. I need thee, oh, I need thee, every hour I need thee, oh, bless me now, my Savior, I come to thee. I need thee every hour, in joy or pain, come quickly and abide or life is vain. I need thee, oh, I need thee. Every hour I need thee. Oh, bless me now, my Savior, I come to thee. I need thee every hour. Teach me thy will. And thy rich promises in me fulfill. I need thee, oh, I need thee. Every hour I need thee. Oh, bless me now, my Savior, I come to thee. All right, let's take it up a notch. I need thee every hour, most holy one. Oh, make me thine indeed. Thou blessed Son, I need Thee, oh, I need Thee, every hour I need Thee, oh, bless me now, my Savior, I come to Thee. That last verse, guys. I don't know if I saw that coming, but kind of said it all. I I need thee every hour, most holy one. Here's the punch. Oh, make me thine indeed, thou blessed son. Oh, make me thine indeed. Prayer 
is the lifelong process of becoming a peculiar kind of person. That's it right there. Oh, make me thine. Indeed, that's the peculiar kind of person. We'll be talking about this in the coming days. Even that little word, peculiar, chosen quite intentionally. Well, it's so good to be back singing with you. I have missed this. And I bet three or four of you have missed it too, I've heard. I want to thank Matt and Josh Leroy for the masterful guidance through Advent and the 12 days of Christmas. We are now embarked into the season of Epiphany. The ship shoved off the shore on the 6th of January, which is also the birthday of Seedbed. We've intentionally launched and sowed this first seed on the 6th of January. There's nothing like the epiphany of a seed, you know? Anybody can count the number of seeds, let's just say, in an apple, but only God knows how many apples are in those seeds. Well, let's call it a morning. You've got seed to sow, and I do too, so gather them up. And I'll be looking for you on the field, the fields of awakening today. For The Awakening, I'm J.D. Walt. We hope that today's entry challenged and encouraged you. And thanks for listening to The Wake Up Call, powered by Seedbed. Be sure to share this with a friend. Leave us a rating and subscribe wherever you prefer to listen to podcasts. Find out more and join the movement by visiting our website at seedbed.com slash wakeupcall.